to another episode of the ECSA podcast. I'm Christine. And I'm Olivia. And today we're talking to a very, very special friend. <laughs> my name is Larissa Clayton and my pronouns are she and her. And yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> I have known these guys for a while now. I'm very honored to be on this podcast. A nice little fun feature. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate the time, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I think it's going to be radical. Oh, let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So, Larissa, I have known you since we were literally babies, Um, Mm -hmm. but you two met through the university. Mm -hmm. So you took the conservation biology degree program. Is that correct? Uh, Yes. I went through the ALES program at U of A majoring in conservation biology. Um, started oof, back in 2015 and then due to, well, I guess not really due to, but I chose to do some internships during my degree. So it ex- prolonged it. Um, and I just actually graduated in, uh, I guess the winter of 2020. So officially haven't been a grad for that long, but out of classes for a long time. <laughs> How nice is it to not yeah. have assignments? <laughs> yeah, the real world is nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can really leave a lot of stuff at work and it's less chaotic in that sense. But I mean, there is a trade off of having work pressures <laughs> instead of uh, uh, university pressures. But yeah. yeah, that's very true. So, how did you find the ALES program? Ooh, um, so I actually had another family friend who was in the program at the time, and she now works um, for an awesome um, for profit out in BC. And when I originally was looking back at going or looking to go to, to university, um, I was really torn on doing like a BARS degree, which is like Bachelor of Arts in Recreation and Tourism, which U of A does offer as well. And then the Conservation Biology program through ALES, and she was in the Combi program. Yeah, so I was taking some courses. I was in an open studies for my first semester and taking classes for both kind of degrees at that time. And I mean, a lot of them are just entry level, regular courses that everyone has to take. But um, I was really liking both and was still pretty torn on which direction I wanted to go and I didn't want to commit too long in in open studies and end up with just a bunch of random classes that don't transfer but uh speaking with her she was like Larissa what are you even doing like obviously like you're made for the outdoors and this is what like you're most passionate about so like just commit already and as you know my fear of commitment um (laughs) of many years of friendship that uh um yeah it was it was a big step for me (laughs) i was really proud of you that was a big move it was and i mean i haven't looked back since and i mean both programs are awesome uva offers a lot of sweet uh majors and minors out there but um conservation biology was the path for me definitely a nature nut at heart so 
Yeah, so you said it was like a, a lifelong thing. Like once you thought critically about ComBio, it became kind of a no-brainer. You grew up as a very outdoorsy person. Mm-hmm. You guys were camping all <laughs> the time. Yeah, my parents are really big into camping and fishing. So um, my mom was a teacher, so we always, she had summers off and then my dad would just bank all of his vacation time into the summers as well. And we would just take off for months and go camping and fishing and hiking and all the fun things. <laughs> they really got my siblings and I really into the outdoors and um, that passion for nature at an early age. So it just kind of was meant to be <laughs> once I decided what I wanted to uh, go back to study for something. And then it just made sense that an environmental degree was for me. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, okay, you went through the ComBio program. Uh, you, you did some really interesting work when you were in an undergrad. Um, what, what was your first job? Ooh, um, <laughs> my first uh, environmental-related job, I guess, I did a <laughs> little balancing act, essentially, my first <laughs> summer of working. I did the um, Beaver Hill Bird Observatory um, internship, so with the nest boxes and tree swallows. I was working there, and at the same time, I was also <laughs> working with Ace Lab, which is the Applied Conservation Ecology Lab, which both of you two also then worked in. Unfortunately, not at the same time. Yeah, as fun as that would have been. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I started out, uh, just really dove right into the work experience and committed to two jobs at once, even though <laughs> you it was real hard <laughs> yeah. right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of nuts because both are field-based and uh, I essentially wasn't really in Edmonton a whole lot so it was quite uh, the balancing act on days off that I was back from Ace Lab um, I guess field work then I would go out to tow field to the observatory and do yeah. work out there um, but yeah it was great it was great to experience a little bit of both like working for the university um, and then also working for a non-for-profit as well. So seeing the difference between kind of an academic-based, I guess, employment or job versus um, working for a different organization. So yeah, it was kind of cool to do a little bit of both. And one was um, focusing on birds, obviously, and then the other one was uh, a lichen project. So very different scopes <laughs> as well, which was a fun dynamic to learn lots of stuff. No kidding. Birds were better, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm torn, honestly. Like, How dare you? I, <laughs> I know, it's very rude of me <laughs> to say. Uh, no, I do really love birds, and they're so cute. And honestly, when they're like little fledglings, and they're just so tiny in their little box in their oh, nest. Oh, I know, and okay. they're all like tucked in. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. Um, they are pretty freaking cute but also like having the parents like dive bomb you and like lose their yeah. minds that you're checking on their nest like all I... the time they just yeah and like the bugs oh my god because <laughs> oh. with nest boxes you can't wear bug spray because you're dealing with eggs and the young birds so yeah the bugs are <laughs> the probably mosquitoes the out there they were comparable to up north 
Like, really? I remember walking in there one day, and it was just, like, a thousand tiny violins. I was like, I'm going to scream. Mm-hmm. But I remember I came out and visited you one day when you were doing your nest box surveys, and you just, like, seasoned pro held up your clipboard as tree swallow moms were diving in at you, and you could hear their little feet, like, skittering off the back. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was yeah, so you cool. have one clipboard to avoid... Uh bird bombs and <laughs> yeah. one clipboard to actually take down all your data. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> they are so mean. They are very defensive. I mean, rightfully so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. They do have their babies, I guess. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, lichen work was also really cool. It took me to a lot of awesome places in northern Alberta, so I can't say that it wasn't great as great as the bird stuff, but it was really fun and Lichens are really cool and important. They are important. <laughs> so it's cool to learn about those little little guys that often get forgotten about in like ecosystems and yeah, those non-charismatic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, exactly that. I remember near the end of your uh, season with Ace Lab, you put a we we talked about this. You put a post out on Facebook or Meta or whatever the fuck it's called now, <laughs> um, and the caption said that you've never spent so many days feeling like you were on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like you loved that season, hey? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I was really blessed with like an amazing supervisor and field partner, and it's also great working in an like an all women team <laughs> which was awesome um but yeah for like a first field season I definitely had awesome co-workers and, and just like beautiful sights getting to see all these like awesome places mm. and yeah just being out into the thick of it and it was just like really amazing to get those experiences and like you know everything you're applying what you're learning in the classroom to uh real life and you're also like, I just love the outdoors, so it's just, like, <laughs> it's awesome to wake up every day in a tent and then just go run around in the woods and collect samples and stuff, so, yeah, uh, yeah it was definitely, like, an awesome field season, like, such a treat and, like, so blessed to, you know, right off the bat have such a wicked job, so. Yeah, I was gonna ask about that, like, as a, I guess you're a second year at this point, or second going into third year, or first year? I think I was in my third year, uh, second going into third, yeah. Yeah. So how did you, like, because I know it can be intimidating as, like, a second year applying for those jobs if you have, like, no experience or anything, so how, like, I guess, how did you get those jobs? Like, did you have experience, (laughs) or, like, what did you tell yourself to, like, get yourself to go there kind of thing? Yeah, um, so originally I had gone to a couple conferences throughout my undergrad for like the Wildlife Society and um, oh gosh, I don't even know, just like <laughs> different like networks within um, Alberta and the ecology world and same with like ECSA networking event. Yes. Which is awesome. <laughs> Shameless <laughs> plug. Plug for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it's appreciated. Free advertising for next year. <laughs> Everyone, go to that. Um, yeah, no, it's so attending all these conferences, meeting professionals, working professionals as well, and a lot of them say, like, yeah, just start with networking, start with volunteering, get your foot in the door, get your name out there. Um, just get comfortable doing all these things such as like field work or different like forms of manual labor or data entry 
um, just a little bit extra from what you're doing in your classroom allows you to stand out so much more. And as you guys probably know, the biology world is pretty small. Um, everyone really knows everyone. Oh, teeny, teeny, <laughs> teeny, tiny world. Yeah, and especially like in Alberta, like there's um, like some really prominent communities uh, or I guess companies really. And they, like if you have like work experience with them, like having those things on your resume really just like amplifies it so much more for yourself. But yeah, so anyways, I was finding that I was going to these conferences, meeting these professionals, and they're all like, just get experience, like as much experience as you can before you graduate. So me being a little second year was like, okay, I guess I gotta start doing <laughs> stuff if I ever wanna be employed. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I started volunteering and I actually volunteered with the ACE Lab, um, going through lichen samples and sorting those, cleaning those up and doing some data entry. So through volunteering with that, when they posted for um, a job position in the summer, I was able to already know the supervisor and I know the professor that was running the lab and had experience with lichens yeah. at that point. So it was like a, an easier in with that. And then also at the same time, I decided to do a 401 um, and do it through ACE Lab as well. So uh, that really just kind of <laughs> streamlined everything and kind of made it an easy hire that I was going to be continuing on with some research that we were doing as well as I already knew everyone that I was going to be working with or majority of them and had some experience volunteering with them so people love to hire people that they know rather yeah. than yeah. just unknown taking your risks risks so it was definitely yeah get my from the door mm -hmm. that way um, yeah, and then I guess BBO was just, um, Christine was at Nate at the time and you knew the lady that was running that program. So, um, I had already kind of spoken with her previously through you. And so then when I applied for that as well, that internship, she had already seen my name before and which again, easy hire. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just really got to take that risk of, uh, putting yourself out there getting like little experiences here and there and it really just helps yeah when you go to actually apply for these things yeah just say yes to everything yeah that's pretty much it just never sleep do everything yeah never sleep <laughs> mental health put it in the back yeah it's fine it's totally fine and i just remember in like my second year too like applying for literally everything like there was like these like most I don't know, experienced job postings or like you needed the most experience and I had none of it. And like, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know, but I feel like it's maybe good too to just practice reframing your like resume and stuff too. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And honestly, the more you write them, the more yeah. like refined and concise yeah. you are. And like, so you see like common factors or themes that companies or organizations are looking for or the certain skills you know, like reading them over and over and you're like, oh, these all require GIS skills. And like, I don't have GIS skills. You're like, maybe I should get GIS yeah. skills. <laughs> so like, it's good to even just like look at postings and see what the qualifications are. Even if you're unqualified, like it sets you up then mm -hmm. to like build those skills. Or I mean, like, yeah, also like one of the big issues with women and applying for jobs is that we're always like, oh, we don't meet every single qualification, yeah. <laughs> therefore like I won't apply. It's like, no, just like go for it and like 
honestly, like, men never second guess it, so, like, you just gotta have this, like, man mentality, (laughs) in a sense, and just, like, put yourself out there, and, like, companies and organizations are often, like, really open into training you or giving you those opportunities to learn those skills, so even if you don't meet every single thing, check all the boxes, (laughs) like, you're still probably pretty qualified. (laughs) Embrace your inner finance, bro. Yeah, yeah. Embrace your inner mediocre white man. (laughs) You will nail it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I wrote a cover letter. I think I would get fucked up in a job hunt right now. It's honestly such a skill. I hate cover letters. There's a worst. Just love me and hire me right now. Yeah. (laughs) And if you can write a good cover letter or resume and it's, like, concise and actually, like, speaks to the company and like a little bit personalized so it's just less of a robot apply yeah. <laughs> then no it kidding. goes like so much further than you know the classic template ones <laughs> yeah oh god yeah so you did this incredibly hectic season with ace lab and bbo where'd you go from there because that would have taken you to the summer between your third and fourth year right mm-hmm and so that summer I did an internship through the Ailes internship program which I don't think exists anymore with the restructuring of faculties and staff but I know there is still a science internship program so apply everyone (laughs) (laughs) another shameless plug (laughs) Um, this is one long commercial yeah Yeah, exactly Uh, yeah so I was part of the internship program and I got an internship with uh, Canadian Wildlife Service, um, and they are a branch of Environment and Climate Change Canada. So that was pretty awesome. And I was, yes, working in migratory birds. <laughs> so, it all comes back yeah. to birds. It, it really does. It's becoming a common theme, which yeah. I don't really have a problem with, but would like to always broaden my horizons. <laughs> For sure. We'll, we'll touch on you. Oh. oh my god. That was good. <laughs> that was clean. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on your one true love a little yes, bit later. Yes. But, uh... Uh, yeah. No, CWS was awesome. And it was based out of the Edmonton office for the Prairie region. And again, I worked in a all women team, which was again awesome (laughs) like so sick um yeah my supervisor was she's unreal I still communicate with her quite often and keep in touch um I actually do that with all of my previous employers Uh, (laughs) also a good tip (laughs) this is also a disclaimer Larissa has the single largest friend group (laughs) I have ever seen in my life it blew my mind throughout all of public school. Just, we would go hang out at, like, you know, classic 90s kid thing. Go hang out at the mall. You would talk to literally everyone, and you would know everyone, and they would all know you. You know everybody. It's fucking ridiculous. I cannot go anywhere with you. So I was like, oh my god, hi, it's been so long. And then she has a job at the end of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Which is actually kind of funny you mentioned that because I was this summer on a plane from Vancouver to Terrace. <laughs> and I ended up sitting next to this guy that we were dressed very similarly. And at, 
I was like kind of questioning my style choices at that point. <laughs> I was like, either he looks like a dirtbag or I look like a man. <laughs> and so this isn't really going to work for either of us. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it worked out that he was working for a consulting company and was going up on a work shift. And then so for the flight, we ended up talking about environmental work. <laughs> and then... At the end of it, he's like, oh, we actually just opened an Edmonton office and are looking for biologists. Oh my God, Add me on your she... LinkedIn. <laughs> and then he proceeded to offer me a job. <laughs> what? Is that how you got your like most like recent job? No, no, no. Okay. This is for a different company. Oh, okay. I ended up not following through with that. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Marissa Clayton, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you can really network anywhere when you're hungover on a plane ride to <laughs> Terrace. <Okay>. Uh, <laughs> hungover networking will get you places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did have to say at like the end of the conversation, I was like, this has been really nice talking to you, but I was really hoping to also catch like some catch up on my sleep on this flight. <laughs> I was like, I'm really tired and kind of hungover. And, like, he really appreciated the honesty. It was really cool about him. He's like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. And then <laughs> let me sleep the rest of the plane ride. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. I don't. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You're insane. Oh, my God. Anyways, CWS, Prairie Offices. Yeah. Jeez, sorry. Sidetrack. <laughs> no, that was, that was my bad. Um. Yeah, so that was, yeah, like, my uh, supervisor, she's, amazing very talented woman and she is an, like a fabulous mentor and she always wanted to go into teaching like she has a phd um but she just ended up in research and loves that as well so she has like a teaching vibe to her so she's always like trying to mentor and improve all of her employees and as a student hire this was like an incredible opportunity that she was really like let me help you and I was like please <laughs> I will welcome anything <laughs> so like teach me your ways you're so awesome and like yay women in STEM <laughs> and women in managerial positions within STEM which is awesome so yeah, that's always so nice to see mm-hmm. it's great to have like uh, mentors like that and people to kind of look up to and um help navigate this field sometimes it's so nice my entire supervisory team for my project is four white dudes (laughs) (laughs) it's just just really nice i totally get what you're saying to have those female mentors in positions of authority it's just it's a very cool feeling Mm -hmm. i was awesome like talking to her like out in the field you end up talking about like literally everything as as you know, there's no boundaries once you're out there. Oh boy. And you just, you need to fill some of the time. You just talk about literally anything. Yeah. Um, you know a whole lot yeah. about me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. <laughs> Maybe not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> not PG-13. <laughs> um, yeah. But, like, yeah, she would tell us, like, stories about when she started out in working in ecology and the biology field and especially wildlife. Like, it was so male-dominated, that field, and, like, she really struggled and, like, asking her how that's changed over her career and it's, like, that, like, leaps and bounds. Like, we still have so far to go, but 
like it's like night and day from when she started out as a graduate to like where she is now with CWS like I not always through government but like with other organizations and everything like the struggles of working in those kind of fields and with you know those um, stereotypes and everything Mm -hmm. that like it was awesome for her to be like yeah I now have like an entire female like work team that I'm colleagues with and she's like this like was unheard of when I started I was the only woman in my office like so it's just like awesome to see the progression of that as well which is sweet so I mean it's looking good for our future yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm very into that I like that a lot but yeah so uh, CWS was amazing an awesome opportunity I worked with um, migratory birds and again that job was like cloud nine every day <laughs> I love field work I can't I can't, enough. <laughs> you say that but I think it's because you're such a positive person because I remember yeah. your Instagram stories or even just like talking to you because that's when you and I were working together yeah. and you were like I don't know like your quads were getting stuck all the time you were like up at like 2 a.m and like the fires like there was smoke everywhere and like Christine yeah. and I were like <laughs> fuck this yeah bitch about everything and like I don't know it's like something to be said for your personality because like you really know how to look at the best of every situation yeah so, yeah you are a human ray of sunshine yeah yeah keep in mind you can't see her she's wearing bright yellow yeah. pants <laughs> and we're sitting and on... we're sitting on okay bright yellow pants yellow scrunchie her glasses have like a gold hue to them and we're on a bright yellow couch okay now you make me sound obsessive <laughs> are you not obsessed with yellow though i mean i've been trying to do it in doses because it's overpowering <laughs> otherwise but you match if the I couch could, i would <laughs> i really chameleon right now yeah yeah, yeah just um, do it well your partner planned a party yeah. for you when you got back from your most recent job and it yes. was a surprise yellow theme <laughs> Yeah, that, <laughs> so, yeah, and not everyone did with show up in yellow, so <laughs> I mean, you guys really pulled through on that one, came in clutch, and I appreciate it. It's all for you, babe. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, yellow is amazing, and everyone should like it. <laughs> I agree. That's, That's my plug for yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that is, that is true. You're a very positive person, and you take the best things away from it, which is a very admirable trait. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I do remember when we were working, we talked about that caption where you like spent so many days on cloud nine, and we were like, "What the fuck kind of job was yeah. she working compared to ours?" <laughs> so like, salty all the time. We literally said that so many times. We were like, "How did Larissa love this so much?" Because like we are not <laughs> enjoying, but yeah. we did have was, a very different we experience. Had, yeah, but we like, had a lot of fun, yeah. but it was very different yeah. from yours, I think. And we were, it was also like, I mean, we've obviously divested into our own fields where like I've spent my whole summers on cloud nine. I think yeah. we've been pretty close to that too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I mean like, yeah, I say cloud nine, but obviously there are some really hard field days. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not always just like oh, skipping yeah. through the woods. Like, <laughs> You know, having the greatest time of my life. Like, yeah, it is hard work. Field work mm-hmm. is hard and it can be very challenging. But I think if you're willing to be flexible and adaptable and really just like come out on the other side with a positive outlook, that like it'll just make those hard days even easier um, because there will definitely be yeah. hard days. And I mean, with bird work, like 
as you know, Christine, like they're like especially for if you're doing like point counts or any sort of sound recordings, especially during the migratory bird window with uh, breeding, it's like very time sensitive. It's very early in the morning, so yeah, as you said, we're like going to bed at like blazing sun out yeah. it's like 6 p.m in the summer in a tent and you're just like roasting and you're like all right I have to fall asleep <laughs> and, like, and then you get up at yeah like 2 a.m and it's like pitch black put a little headlamp on make a little coffee start up all your safety gear get in the truck drive out somewhere unload the quads quad to your site leave the quads somewhere then you hike (laughs) and then like once you're finally hiked into your site you like can set up your recorder and it's like just breaking down yeah and uh yeah so it's like a you know and that sunrise is at like 4 30 so you've already been up for two and a half hours commuting to your office (laughs) essentially and yeah so i mean like but then the flip side is you're done at 11 a.m. <laughs> yeah. so, I would rather be done my work at 11 p.m. if it meant that I could sleep until 9. <laughs> yeah. So it definitely makes for long field days because I mean, you're done at 11, but you come back, you upload all your recordings, you prep all your equipment for the next day, you do some site scouting, you maybe have to pack up camp, move somewhere else, you have to make lunch, you have to make dinner, you know, try and find water or whatever else you need <laughs> if you're actually doing a lot of remote stuff like yeah there's a lot of maintenance as well to field work that's just behind the scenes things so mm-hmm. i mean yeah the actual work portion of the day for birds seems really small but you're working around the clock yeah <laughs> and then yeah sleeping <laughs> in during daylight hours yeah. <laughs> just like hoping that the heat of your tent will like make you sleepy like, yeah, yeah yeah the worst part is like it's so hot that you like fall asleep outside your sleeping bag yeah. and then you oh, wake God. up at like 11 p.m and you're freezing cold <laughs> yeah. you have to like get into your bag <laughs> and you're like i gotta get up in like three hours <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> But, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's beautiful getting to see the sunrise every single day, like, out in totally. these awesome, like, remote places, and, like, you're getting paid to listen to birds. Like, yeah, pretty hard sick. to yeah. be sad about. <laughs> yeah. Um, you actually had a very scary bear encounter. I was just mm. thinking of this. I was oh, like, I is, was this Larissa's story? Yeah, that or was you, Larissa's yeah, story. Yeah, okay, I would love to. It is. Yeah. yeah. Rehash that, because <laughs> yeah. I remember... Uh, when you got back into service, like, your cued messages just, like, shot through. And I was like, is my friend dead? Because <laughs> it sounds like she's dead. Are you talking about the bear story with CWS? Yeah. Or the one this summer? <laughs> Both. CWS and then I, yeah. we can talk about that next one. Nice, yeah. We'll get through the job we'll here. Through. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, part of field work is that you are in the wilderness and there are large mammals out there (laughs) and some of them are less than happy to see you out there it's a very (laughs) nice way of putting it Uh, (laughs) yeah i mean like you're going into their home so like obviously encounters are going to happen um but just like being prepared and know what you're uh what to do and remaining calm is like definitely the biggest part yeah so we're out very early in the mornings for bird work and that's often the same time that a lot of animals are active as well um early or late in the day so um 
come across a couple of moose in my time that are just waking up or oh you're like you know busting through the bushes trying to get to your site <laughs> and like suddenly there's like a moose there and you're like oh my god you're so large <laughs> oh that's uh, so scary yeah and you're just like please run away <laughs> um but yeah so i have run into a handful of bears um luckily i had very good encounters with all of them. Most of the time, they're just like curious and often very scared. So they'll kind of see you or smell you and just like turn and run the other way, which is perfect reaction. So <laughs> <laughs> we could all dream for every time. Um, yeah, so this is a black bear, and I was at one of my sites doing a point count. So for that, like, you set up a recorder, rec recording for 10 minutes was our protocol, and we're also writing down everything that we're hearing at the same time. So you're basically just standing there, absolutely silent, scribbling away, like, mad, <laughs> trying to write all these bird codes down, and they're all singing to each other, and it's a peaceful chaos. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a really good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I get to listen to all these beautiful birds, but you're like, oh my god, what are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, Please sing again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I am standing there absolutely quiet, scribbling away, and I had just kind of, my sight was slightly off of a cut line, like a couple trees in, and so obviously like, cut lines animals use them as highways essentially for travel it's much easier so I could hear um, a bear uh, going across the cut line oh my beside me and so I'm just standing there like super quiet my heart is racing because oh. I'm like oh my god I hope like they don't smell me maybe they can just like get by real quick and I'm like completely unnoticed and I'll just pretend this never happened yeah. <laughs> like i'm not out here please don't notice me um because i can't see them and uh they can't see me through all the trees but i know that they're quite close like i can hear them walking um uh -uh. so anyways they uh, the noise like the sound of them walking passes me gets a little bit further and at that point my recorder starts beeping because it's done the time so then <laughs> i'm like scrambling to turn it off because <laughs> i'm like no i have to be silent <laughs> it's like a horror movie <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. like the alien is yeah. the velociraptor is sneaking around you you think you're in the clear i know well I was, just, goes I was just yeah you know so worried that if i made too much of a sudden noise or something it would startle them and that's obviously not a good time um, <laughs> to say the yeah. Uh, yeah, so then my, like, the alarm starts going off, and so I, like, try, and I'm shutting it off, and I can hear the bear stop moving, so at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna pack up as fast as I can, and then, like, get out of here, head to my next site, hopefully it's far enough away, it's in the other direction, so I'm like, alright, we're gonna, we're gonna get out of here, <laughs> so I'm packing up all my stuff, and I'm, like, bent over, putting, um, like, buckling up my backpack and uh I hear like a branch break behind me and so I like spin around and it's this tiny little bear cub like young of the year and like teddy bear size like so oh. tiny and I was so shook <laughs> because I couldn't believe how close he got so silently like it must have been like the mother and cub passing me on the cut line and then when they heard the noise, because he's so young and has never probably ran into humans before, it's such yeah. a foreign sound, he's very curious. So he snuck up on me, 
he or she and uh yeah and they literally like within an arm's reach had come up to me from behind and I hadn't heard a single thing the entire time which is so frightening that is terrifying. <laughs> but also I was like thank god it's so small yeah. <laughs> <Not the> mom. <laughs> but yeah so of course like as I turn around I see this tiny bear cub like it's surprised I'm surprised I scream it screams <laughs> we're both like yelling and then I'm like oh my god like like thank god it's so small but also like Holy shit, holy, holy shit. shit, your mom's here yeah. too. Like, she's gonna come kill me now because, like, you're making all sad cup noises. And oh, I'm like, God. oh, God. <laughs> Please like, don't kill me. This is how I die. So, yeah, at that point, I just, like, put on my backpack, like, back to a tree, and then was like, okay, like, at least I'm protected from that side. I'm, like, watching him run away and back into the woods, and he's kind of making a big arch around me to get back to where I last heard the mom and so he's like kind of like crying the entire time and so then at this point I'm calling out to the mom and being like hey bear like you know all the regular stuff that you do everything's fine like yeah where's your mom like please stay away I didn't kill your kid (laughs) yeah like just like so that she can hear where I am versus where her cub is so that she doesn't you know panic or at least that's my train of thought in this moment yeah. <laughs> come in and give like, you a uh, drive-by yeah because <laughs> like, i'm worried that if she, he it's crying too much like she's just gonna come like plummeting through this forest and like yeah. <laughs> you know so i'm like oh this is the end yeah. but yeah eventually i can like she like kind of grunts when he like meets up with her and i'm like all right my cute if i can run the other way <laughs> yeah. like, get out of here so yeah at that point i was like i'm not even gonna take the cut line because they're probably still on it so i'm just like shoveling my way through the bushes I'm like get away get away (laughs) and yeah so that was like definitely enough adrenaline at like five in the morning yeah (laughs) last for you for a lifetime um you've been awake ever since yeah yeah (laughs) haven't slept a wink since 2018 yeah (laughs) but yeah so that was kind of crazy but also a really awesome experience to see such a tiny little cub and and yeah I feel like in the end it went over really well but in the moment I was like I'm gonna die this is how I die (laughs) but you have to like remain calm even though internally you're losing your shit yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. oh but yeah good time in the field yeah yeah (laughs) I mean, you had another interesting time in the field uh, where I was quite worried for your safety at one point, and that was where you went on a, a fun little contract with your same boss down to a southern place. Mm, yeah, so uh, my supervisor from CWS uh, runs a long-term uh, avian monitoring project in Puerto Rico. That she... Birds again, can I just say. Birds forever. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so she inherited it from her PhD um, supervisor that he had ran it. So it's been going on for, like, 70 years. Um, so oh, it's, it's like, very long-term monitoring, especially for uh, migratory species and, like, island species. So it's, like, a very important project. So it was, like, very honored to <laughs> be invited to go with her and uh, my field work, field partner from that season, 
um, to go down to Puerto Rico with her to do some bird banding um, with the mist nets. Um, yeah, so we went down there and I had very little experience with bird banding. Um, my field partner, luckily, she volunteers out in Victoria, Rocky Point Bird Observatory, and she has like over 200 hours in like bird banding experience. So I'm like, bless her soul. Wow. <laughs> um, but also like, bless my supervisor for trusting me like off the get go, like first day that we set up the nets and they were like catching birds. She was like showing me how to extract them and then ban them and collect all the data and everything. And I was like, wow, this is <laughs> really just throwing me into it. But like, it's awesome to have people that believe in you and that you can pick up those skills quick enough and trust you to be a part of their projects when it's like it's so important yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm like yeah. I really don't want to screw this up so well you're um, very capable with that kind of stuff so don't ooh. sell yourself too <laughs> thank you I <laughs> hope so <laughs> for her sake as well <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a write-off year she's like yikes <laughs> uh yeah so uh, we were in puerto rico and that was i guess ooh, 2019 um and that is when they had their earthquakes so where we were we were in um a park a, that was a dry forest park so not the rainforest jungle park but it was kind of like on the top of this mountain very small scrubby little trees and things like that but you get some interesting birds because it's right along the coast so everything that's migrating is kind of their first stop so push a lot of those species in the nets which is awesome um yeah so right seeing that we're right along the coast we are actually only like 50 kilometers from the epicenter of the earthquakes <laughs> and they were happening out um in the sea at on like the southern portion of the island uh which they've never happened there bef had them before because they're typically on the north side where the plates meet so this is kind of out of the ordinary and we're oh just so gosh. lucky to experience it yeah what a, what a once in a lifetime <laughs> yeah. wonder for you yeah awesome God. um yeah <laughs> so we were in puerto rico and we were doing bird banding and suddenly there was earthquakes uh, <laughs> so um what did that feel like crazy <laughs> like <laughs> i i don't even really know how to put it into words like i think it's probably the most like powerless i've ever felt because there's nothing you can do about it. it's not like a like where you have wildfires during your field season and you leave the area or like there's you know uh fire equipment that you can use or something like that it's like really you're just so powerless when the entire earth is shaking like like no matter where you go it's shaking so there's really no safe spot wow. <laughs> essentially so it's just such a weird feeling to be so powerless like you, you just you just seriously have to wait until it stops so it was pretty crazy and yeah they had some really big ones they i don't re quite remember the exact magnitude of them but i think it was like a 6.4 which is pretty high on the scale no thank Jeez. you um yeah so that was it was pretty wild and the first one we experienced was at night while we were sleeping so cool. <laughs> um, oh good morning <laughs> yeah so in the middle of the night like 
like we were staying in a research station within the park um, and there was another like a master's student from the US as well that was also staying with us there he was working on another project within the park um, so we were just sharing the, the house together and yeah so like <laughs> oh, you're just like sound asleep <laughs> in your little bed and then all of a sudden like you just like wake up and it's like pitch black but like your bed is shaking like it's moving away from the wall like the whole building is shaking like it just like like it's all concrete and rebar so you're like amazed that it's, it's moving yeah. and like the sound of that like crumbling yeah and like so I wear like glasses and for people that obviously can't see me right now and so like I'm like very poor night vision and like I'm like what the hell's happening and like so my first thing is like where are my glasses because um, once you see the earthquake you yeah, can but, stop like, it from happening like in a moment of panic you're just yeah, like I, I know can't what you see. mean like yeah. that's probably the biggest thing for me yeah. like, oh my, God, my first move every morning is to get my goddamn glasses Glasses. <laughs> yeah. So you wake up, your world is grumbling. You're like, I can't fucking yeah. see. Yeah. And so my field partner was sharing uh, the room with me, and she's like yelling my name, and she's like literally like, flies out of bed, and she's like to the door, and she's like, like we gotta get out of here, and I'm like, I gotta find my glasses. <laughs> and like as like a little one. old lady. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so yeah, like get my glasses. We're like in our PJs, and we just like run out of the house, and we get to the front door, um, and like no one else has left their rooms yet. Like my supervisor, her assistant, and the other guy that's there. And so then we just start calling her names, but like things are falling off the shelves and breaking, like the plumbing is breaking so there's like water coming out in places oh and we're gosh. just like you're standing in this doorway which is like not safe <laughs> to be no, in the doorway not so we're like oh my god what if the door crumbles and they can't get out like do we should we go get them like oh my gosh. like do we get out ourselves like what do we do um yeah so eventually like uh, they come out of their rooms and they're all like yeah and their pj's like trying to get their glasses on you know like grabbing like whatever like their uh, my supervisor gets like her phone even though we don't have any reception up there like um at least to like you know if things do go really bad she can probably get out and on some peak find some cell service to like call for help or whatever so and so yeah everyone finally gets out and we're all standing outside of the research station and like the forest around you like the trees are shaking but and like, the building is shaking, the car alarms are going off, and, like, down the hill, there's, there's, like, a tourist information, uh, building, and it's, like, half of it's completely caved in, and so we're just, like, oh my god, like, our house is, like, where we were sleeping is only, like, whatever, 500 meters yeah. away, built of the same materials, and, like, yeah. so yeah. lucky that ours didn't collapse, and uh, we're all just standing there, like, what do we do and then eventually wow. it just stops and then we're all just like what now <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it's like 2 a.m back to bed yeah like, you can't just like, go back to bed <laughs> yeah like you don't want to go back in but yeah. also like you don't want to just stay out here yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you're like what the hell do you do so it was pretty chaotic <laughs> like the, the very first one we were just like what the hell like yeah this is absolutely absurd like none of us had ever been in an earthquake before so it was definitely 
extremely frightening. Like, I thought yeah. the building was going to collapse and we were all going to die. Yes. <laughs> as cool. positive as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was freaking nuts. So, um, yeah, so that at that point we, like, stayed outside for about an hour and there's, like, some aftershocks that are smaller and, like, the stairs leading up to our place like cracked in half and like there was some cracks along like the walls and stuff on the inside but none of like the ceiling or any of the wall pieces actually fell off which was a good sign in the end seeing like the other building there like was destroyed yeah um yeah so then at that point we're like well might as well just like clean up because like this is the only place we have so we went back in we're cleaning up stuff and like you know, like, all your jars and plates and things, anything that was on the counters, like, have rattled off and broken. The top of the toilet seat, broken. Like, you know, like, we no longer have plumbing or electricity, <laughs> like, at this point. And, like, um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of crazy. So, yeah, but, like, unfortunately enough that, like, we were um, high up, so we weren't in any sort of, like, tsunami areas, which was good. Um, we weren't in any risk of, like, you know, trees falling on you because we're yeah. in this small dry forest. So everything's, like, probably as tall as you, Olivia. <laughs> so it's, like, if something <laughs> fell on you, it's really not, like, yeah. like, you know, like a giant, like, rainforest tree or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, the really, the biggest, like, obstacle is, like, the building that we're staying in. It's, yeah, like, the only great. thing that could crush you. <laughs> cool thought. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of just, like, rigged up some stuff <laughs> so that we would have, like, some, like, solar panels for, you know, some lights and whatnot. And, yeah, just kind of assumed, like, we got, we got some service and uh, we were able to, like, send a contact out to, like, CWS because obviously like as our um, supervisors from there she would be like the point of contact uh, from that organization then and obviously our parents are like losing their minds yeah. in Canada when they hear about like <laughs> their daughters being in an earthquake that's like yeah. one of the largest ones the island's ever seen so um, yeah that was like pretty crazy but we're we're all safe and um, yeah which was extremely lucky and uh yeah the following days like there just kept being more and more earthquakes less um extreme uh but then it like triggered a lot of like uh landslides and because we're up the top of the mountain then we had like no way to get out (laughs) so at that point we're like all right we're gonna make this food water last (laughs) um yeah so and like we had continued working which sounds like actually ridiculous when you say it out loud but yeah we lived through this massive massive (laughs) earthquake back to work yeah but like the thing is there's nothing else to do up there and the safest spot for us technically was the forest and so it's like well you might as well so at that point like by like the third day you kind of gotten like used to the earthquakes which is like really messed up (laughs) but a lot of them were just like little aftershocks and it was crazy because during the day when you're actually awake and like expecting these things <laughs> um like you could like hear them coming so like it would like start up from like um like the coastline you could hear it traveling through the forest as the forest starts shaking so oh you kind God. of like prepare yourself <laughs> which is really weird so you're just like 
standing at your mist net line, like, you know, like, banding birds, and then you, like, can hear the earthquake coming to you, and then you're just kind of like, hang on for a little bit, and then just, oh like, God. it stops. It's insane. <laughs> like, this is something no one else can say. You know yeah. I mean? This is, like, such a bizarre experience. Yeah. But like, you get... Yeah, heard an earthquake coming at me, just, like, chilled out, and then it was fine. Yeah. No. But the thing is, like, it's also weird in the forest because, like, the trees sway from the wind as well, and then they are swaying from the earthquakes, or, like, the aftershocks and stuff. So, like, at some point you kind of get, like, I don't know if it's really, like, vertigo, but you're, like, am I shaking? Or is, like, is there an aftershock? And so we had these, like, four-liter jugs of water with us at the end of all of our net lines, because we each had a line, so we were working alone. And, like, yeah, you would be like, is it me? Is it the force? And you'd just, like, go look at your little water jug, and if it was shaking, then you're like, oh, it is an aftershock. But if it wasn't shaking, you're like, oh, I just my balance is really off because I'm so used to shaking now. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, by like the third day, I like our supervisor took really great care of us. She was able to like get out around the landslides and with the car, and like she bought like a tent so we weren't sleeping inside the station oh. anymore, and she like bought like a you know a little propane camping stove and like all this stuff so that we were like comfortable and safe and obviously through this whole thing she was like if you don't feel safe like we don't have to work but like as a group we're like what else are we gonna do yeah. just like sit in this forest like we might as well yeah. yeah if we're sitting in the forest we might as well catch birds and sit in the forest yeah. <laughs> yeah. No so kidding. so we like as a group decided that we would continue on but yeah i think by the i think it's the third or fourth day um it had been declared a state of emergency on the island, and um, the park officially was, like, closed, and then, like, the park manager, like, told us we had to get out of the park. We weren't allowed yeah. to stay anymore, and we're like, but we bought a tent. <laughs> <laughs> Not so, the tent. Yeah, yeah at that point, uh, yeah, we, got, we get officially got kicked out by the government, so... Um, yeah, and then it just turned out that, like, rescheduling our flights would cost more than just keeping them for the, at the end of the two-week stint that we were going to be there for. So we just went to, like, the north side of the island and had a sweet island vacation Damn. instead. <laughs> so we're like, survive some earthquakes and then free vacation. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> government. That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a, a government-run for program. Sure, but, but... Um, yeah, it was, like paid for through her funding of the project so yeah it was uh it worked out yeah, <laughs> pretty sweet and deal. it's awesome because whenever employers ask you in an interview like what's like the wildest like or most remote experience or like how did you deal with something in the field that was like unpredictable I'm like have Limited. you ever heard of the earthquakes in Puerto Rico? Yeah, <laughs> that one wins hands yeah. down, no matter who you talk to. Yeah. yeah, so that one was really nuts, but it was like an amazing experience and like awesome to like get to hold and like experience so many different types of like cool tropical birds as well, and fan those and get experience with that and like just to work in a different country and like yeah different species and everything even though I was like with the same um, counterparts from CWS it was like 
a different project, so it was, like, pretty sweet. I mean, like, you get to work on an island. Like, you're wearing, your, like, your sandals and, like, yeah. your sunglasses, <laughs> and you're just, like, wandering around, like, this beautiful forest, like, overlooking the ocean. Like, what could what could be bad? Yeah. Minus yeah. an earthquake or two. Yeah. But, um, you know, oh give God, some, so... get some. Yeah. <laughs> give what you get. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was a pretty wild experience, but, again, like, I mean, it was awesome in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everyone was safe and everyone was fine. We were very lucky and fortunate with, like, our circumstance and situation. Unfortunately, a lot of, like, the communities were very hard hit and, like, yeah. still from the hurricanes previous years. So, like, the island itself is really struggling to recover, so we were definitely very blessed to be in, like, our situation. But overall like really great for for us and to get like some data still unfortunately much shorter than what my supervisor had planned for but yeah unforeseeable circumstances mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's pretty not foreseeable mm -hmm. as far as <laughs> shit goes not something you ever really plan for she's like yeah this wasn't in my like emergency response yeah. plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> She never thought earthquakes would be something she had to prep yeah. for. But. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, but now the station is like outfitted with everything survival that you could possibly need. So that's <laughs> nice. Perfect. Yeah, that was definitely probably the craziest like field experience weather-wise <laughs> that yeah, I've ever had. No I probably ever will have. <laughs> I hope to never have something at that level again because it is terrifying. Like it's yeah, yeah, it's like awesome to look back on it it's like oh it's pretty cool like not many people can say they've been in an earthquake but especially from Alberta yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah at the same time it was like while it was happening the first like couple big ones I was like we're gonna die like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think re yeah reasonably yeah. so that mm -hmm. is like traumatic experience yeah. mm -hmm. that's something else yeah I had this past summer was staying in like a work camp for a period and uh, I was like right my room was right next to like the furnace room and when the furnace would start up it would kind of like shake the wall a little bit and my bed was on that wall so the bed would shake a little bit and the very like first couple nights I like could not sleep because I would I'd be like sleeping and then in the middle of the night the furnace would come on for that trailer and it would just like slightly shake my bed like nothing crazy like I don't think other people would even notice but because yeah. like the initial earthquake was while I was sleeping and the bed like literally moved three feet away from the wall it was shaking so much that like this slight tremor I was like <laughs> wide awake yeah. and I was like oh my god earthquake oh, <laughs> and it's just shit. like nothing <laughs> yeah but yeah definitely does like stick with you <laughs> yeah of course it does that's a pretty right. big event yeah it was kind of crazy but yeah yeah so moving forward from that super fun <laughs> casual experience, yeah. Uh, your most recent job, mm. yeah, like the transition into adulthood, or like yeah, aluminihood. Yeah. So then after that, um, I did return to CWS Edmonton for another extended internship, and COVID happened, so we didn't have field season, but it was awesome to do some office work and get that kind of experience as well. Um, and then th when that wrapped up, I was essentially graduated, had finished continuously extending and delaying my grad. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> um, and yeah, I 
seen this like random posting on a job board for a position out in BC as a wildlife biologist. Um, and like, I love BC. So <laughs> I have any opportunity to go out there, especially as like in a position that I actually am very interested in. I was like, sweet. So on a whim, I just like took a chance on this random posting and like the company at the time like didn't have a website or anything. Like they didn't <laughs> like exist cause they're so new and like the posting itself had just been from like the supervisor's like personal account and was like just dm me if you're this sounds interesting to you and i was like i think i'm getting catfished in a, into a job because <laughs> like, like, i couldn't find anything online about them it's like this is kind of suspect but he's like can you be here like next week um in like hope which is like a super small town as well and i was like yeah, sure, why not? Oh my <laughs> so gosh. Really took a chance with that one as well. I was like, maybe I'll drive all the way out there and die. But Oh my <laughs> god. Knows? Goodbye, Lisa. So yeah, I, I did get out there. It was a real job. <laughs> <laughs> it did exist. Um yeah, so I had a short contract with them for two months, uh, just wrapping up like the tail end of their field season. Um, and got along really well with uh, my supervisors there. And yeah, so then uh, when the new year came around, he had reached out to me again and was like, hey, we know you have some bird skills. Do you want to come really early in the season and like start us our work on the birds for migratory like breeding season? And yeah, so I then ended up going out for an eight-month contract um, to Back to Hope. So that was basically my entire past year. Um, and yeah, it was like absolutely amazing. I, I feel like I say that about every job, but <laughs> it just keep getting better. Um, That's so nice I though. I have been really blessed with the work that I've been doing and like the people I work with, have, I've never really had any issues with them. So I've been like really like using all my karma up or something. But um, yeah, so I went out there and was mainly doing a lot of like their bird work that they were doing it was with a consulting company um that was indigenous owned and operated which was also really awesome to work with um a tribal council and them being actually very concerned about the development that was going on in their land so uh that was like an interesting perspective because you do hear a lot of consulting companies that are out there just checking boxes and cutting corners so it was awesome to work for a company that really um, focused on actually doing things the right way and what they wanted to see happen in the project as well so um yeah I was out there mainly doing like I said birds and then as the season kind of progressed um into the summer we were doing a lot of um amphibian work as well worked with a couple listed species in the area um and then a bit of mammal work which was like super stoked on finally <laughs> finally branching out from yeah. the birds larissa's true passion true passion. <laughs> but, small mammals yeah which was awesome because there's so many small critters out there oh. and uh yeah so we were finding like um marmots and of course pikas and uh mountain beavers um 
And so it's like awesome. We were doing a lot of uh, hands-on work with a lot of that wildlife and mm-hmm. their habitat. And yeah, it was just such a good experience. So I was like, oh man, this is really what I want to do. Yeah. Like birds are an awesome position as well. And like an amazing skill to know because as you can see, it'll get your jobs. <laughs> yeah. like, everyone needs bird work done. So yeah. if you're good at it and like comfortable doing that kind of work, like it's a really great opportunity, but my true passion is small mammals. And unfortunately there's not a whole lot of funding or any reason that people <laughs> want to work with them, which is heartbreaking. Really? It's Why? a simple bummer. I know. Yeah. It's very hard to find anything with them because they're just, small and kind of there yeah. <laughs> they're nothing related to crazy unless they're like a, a listed species or something yeah. so yeah they can be pretty um, elusive mm-hmm. elusive little guys yeah definitely and I mean um they're quite funny because like the project I was working on they were doing a lot of development and so they would you know um excavate an area or do something and then all the rock that they had they would just kind of pile it up waiting for it to be taken away and then because the summer is breeding season like all these marmots and pikas are out moving around trying to find new territory and then they like they've just created a rock pile which was like perfect habitat <laughs> so then they just kind of like move in <laughs> they're like sweet free real estate <laughs> and <laughs> and then they're like oh no we have these things living in here now and we're like as the biologists on the projects we're like oh yeah like now you can't touch these piles and they're like what (laughs) they're like but we made them like yeah now they live in them so sucks to suck (laughs) better i'm like well you created this habitat and i mean they're gonna move it so yeah Yeah, don't know what to tell you (laughs) so it's like throughout the summer we're like constantly finding more and more habitat as like projects went forward and like obviously like in areas that they also weren't developing like prior to construction like there's obviously habitat out there so it was fun like mapping a bunch of areas and like you know setting up designated areas that they weren't allowed to work in and stuff and protect the little guys (laughs) did you ever have any like controversial like i don't know uh, situations with the developers that you had to like navigate through or that um, you can talk about that, yeah, yeah that you can talk about <laughs> touchy subject yeah. <laughs> um yeah no it, I mean it was definitely interesting going from like like yeah Ace Lab was like you know university academic research and then NGO with BDO and then to like government work in the public sector and then now like some private industry experience like it's like very different work atmosphere and you're working with a lot of various contractors as well and everyone's out there trying to get like their own piece of the job done and as especially like the environmentalists on site we're usually the ones holding them up so we don't have the greatest working relationship with (laughs) with a lot of um the people on the ground I mean obviously we're all just trying to do our jobs and you know do what we can to um, like our best practices and following those. Um, just unfortunately, sometimes views are conflicting. Yeah. So yeah, definitely working on like a, um, a construction project, like you do get a, a mixed bag of people out yeah. there. And yeah, a lot of people 
not a lot, but there's people out there that the environmental side of development is just kind of, they see it as checking a box. And so it's like hard for you to be like, here is a robin's nest. And they're like, I've seen 1 million robins. Like, why does this matter? (laughs) You know? And you're like, well, (laughs) let me tell you about all these acts. (laughs) But like, you know, to them that doesn't really matter. And it's kind of like they're viewing it as like, you know, a waste of time or a waste of resources and money or like holding up projects or development or things like that if you have to um, restrict areas. So uh, definitely you can butt heads on stuff, but being like confident and knowing like, like you're out there doing your job and like they have to respect that as well as you respecting their job mm-hmm. um, is definitely like a big thing. So I was probably like, the most conflict I've ever had in a workplace would just be this previous um, employment was just because of the nature of the private sector is yeah. you're working with so many different people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing ever like too crazy that I like had to get like, you know, supervisors and stuff involved yeah. in. Um, yeah, most of it I could handle is like a crew lead and they have like um as well like the main company the prime has like their own environmental people so they're supposed to be the ones that are like backing you as well and kind of the middleman between you and other contractors because we're also a subcontractor um so yeah if anything was like too crazy you could always kind of go to them and be like hey this is actually your job (laughs) (laughs) please deal with this because like i'm tired of explaining myself to these people (laughs) so yeah no it was awesome and like really valuable experience as well to kind of see a different side of uh environmental work yeah i feel like it's something like I don't know that's the truth like that's the core of our program but like you don't really get to experience you know like that people management kind of aspect of it until you're out of these like summer positions and stuff Mm -hmm. so I don't know but then again it's like boots on the ground conservation work too so it's like Mm -hmm. probably very satisfying at the end of the day even if you had to like argue with an old white man the whole day (laughs) at least it was something like you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. it is very satisfying when like you know, you put up, like, a nest buffer, and then you go back to, um, like, check on the, um, scheduling of it, like, if it's, you know, hatched, and all the fledglings yeah. have left, and you, you go back, and they're yeah. all flying around, and <laughs> tweeting, and, like, you know, like, parents are still losing their mind at you, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you get to see all, like, the babies, and you're like, yes, I did that, yeah. <laughs> like, like, they lived, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it is, like, very fulfilling as well to work in the private sector, Mm -hmm. and I mean, a lot of people see, like, industry and environmentalism as, like, very black and white, where it's, like, industry is always going to exist, and so do environmental standards, so I think of it as more of a gray area, because you're going to have to work together, so you might as well work in a, like, hopefully non-toxic relationship, (laughs) and, like, just... But yeah, I, I think of it as more of a gray area because like you both want to do like your best practices and like yeah. if you're not, if you're constantly butting heads with industry, like you're not going to get anything done. They're not going to want to do um, everything to the highest standard that they have to and they're not going to, they're going to be more hostile towards like the extra suggestions or things that you put out there if you don't have a good working relationship. So I think like you really just have to 
come together on certain things, like whether or not you are opposed to stuff or they're opposed to whatever you're doing, because you have to work together. So yeah. you might as well make it like enjoyable yeah. and like go forward with like the best kind of environmental work that you can do and less of like just constantly dragging each other down and never actually really getting anything done. My very important question for you. Mm. How did it feel to see a pika in the wild? Um, <laughs> very important question. Um, <laughs> so satisfying. I mean, I'd seen a couple, like, hiking previously in the Rockies, and, like, every time it's, like, a highlight of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, actually being able to, like, work with them was awesome. I It's, like, all I ever dream about doing oh, for work is, like, working with these cute little nuggets. Um, they're just like so round and fuzzy and like oh they're so fast and their little feet and little ears little noses and like I am obsessed (laughs) um yeah no especially like it was so cool to actually be able to see them out in the wild and like the first one I saw on the project was like I was doing um an amphibian sweep and we were just looking for not (laughs) Pikas. <laughs> and then, like, we kind of came across, like, a small, like, boulder field area. And so, like, typically we would probably go by that a little bit faster as there's not a whole lot of amphibians in there. And, uh, yeah, and so we're, like, walking through, and then I just hear this, like, meep. <laughs> and I'm, like, just, like, you know, like, immediately stop. And, like, my coworkers keep walking, and I'm, like, there's a pika there. <laughs> I'm, like, there is yeah so at that point I was like wait like oh my god we have to search this area so um they're like what are you talking about like some of them had never even heard of like a pika before or like knew what they sounded like or looked like so I'm like oh my god like losing my mind I'm like they're in here somewhere (laughs) like we have to wait we have to find them (laughs) and then yeah being able to like you know map off that habitat and then protect it because we just found them so um, yeah, that was really awesome, and I was, like, so stoked, and <laughs> my coworkers, like, really didn't understand, like, why I was so, like, on cloud nine again, <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, like, awesome to see them, like, they're so cute, and they, like, just were, like, running around in the rocks, and, like, they will stand on the edge and just, like, yell at you because you're in their territory, and they're territorial animals, and, <laughs> They're just, like, so little, but, like, so feisty. Oh, <laughs> God. And they just sound so cute. Like, honestly, like, a little, like, exactly as you imagine a tiny little rabbit to sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, exactly that. Like, it's it's like a toy. It's so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> little living mini teddy bear. Yeah. And then they, they often, like, they're very curious, so they'll stand on, like, the edges of rocks or, like, out of their little burrows and... Um, just, like, watch you and, like, run around and try and get different (laughs) angles and they'll, like, yell at you and, like, see if you'll respond or, like, what you're doing. I'm like, oh, they're so cute. Um, Just crying the whole time. Yeah. You can keep yelling at me. I know. So it's awesome because, like, my supervisor knew how much I love pikas. So every time we found, like, a new habitat for them or, like, someone else had heard them or we hadn't found them, then... He was always, he'd, they'd send out, like, a schedule for the following day, and they had someone else, like, another crew, like, monitoring the pikas, because we needed a couple of days worth of data to find exactly 
where they were going, what like entrances they were using, like how big of a habitat we would have to actually map out. And so like he, he like had another crew that was on like Pika monitoring and I like, texted him and I was like, I am personally victimized by this, <laughs> this agenda for tomorrow. I was like, how am I not on this job? <laughs> and he was like, okay, I'll make a deal. Like I have to do some other like kind of unfortunate task that was boring but he's like I'll put you on Pika's tomorrow then instead and I was like yes (laughs) he's like if you do a wetland card which like they take like forever like honestly at least like two hours sometimes because there's so many fields to fill out and I'm not the greatest at wetlands either Um, I'm sure you're amazing oh no 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 I don't know anything about wetlands (laughs) yeah he's like if you do this site with the wetland like I'll put you on the Pika monitoring I was like done like i will do anything <laughs> like give me whatever crappy job like no one else wants i will do it yeah um oh the wetlands are crappy but just personal <laughs> um, what do you have against wetlands yeah nothing nothing they're an important landscape <laughs> um but yeah so it was nice and then from then on out he had always kind of weaseled me into doing pika morning which was awesome i'd like wake up in the morning drive out to a site and like just like watch Pika's for like an hour or two oh. to collect data oh. and then like go off to do all my other tasks. And I was like, this is the life. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like sitting out there watching them run around. They're so cute. Oh, awesome. that's amazing. Yeah, it's like, if I could just do this every day, all day, like, please, you don't even have to pay me. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can, I can touch a little bit about what I'm doing right now. And yeah. Then, I guess it is a little bit different than mm-hmm. everything else, but... Yeah, please do. Take um, take it away. Yeah, so currently I am back with CWS again, but for the Saskatoon office, but because of COVID, um, everything is remote, so it's awesome that I can still stay at home in Edmonton and work from here. So definitely working from home is a new ball game for me. Yeah. All, all my experience is, like, field-based, um mainly anyways so it's definitely interesting to uh see the flip side of like a lot of office stuff and like field prep and things of that nature and like working from home I don't know how you guys did university from home like I did it poorly (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean like it's interesting work so like that keeps me motivated but sometimes it's just like not enough and I'm like oh my god um it's just like nice to like you know change of scenery like to see people you know like around you're like oh just grab a coffee or like just hang out in sub or yeah like you're at the office and like you can just like walk to your co-worker's desk and like have a chat for a couple minutes (laughs) like it's so different just working completely alone and from home (laughs) so i think that's definitely like a new ball game for me um And then also, like, I will be doing some winter field work, which I haven't done before. So I'm looking to you, Christine, for survival tips (laughs) of the winter and cold area specialist. Oh, yeah. Be be one with the onion. Layers. Layers. I was like, what do you put an onion in your sleeping bag? Go with that. Put an onion in your pocket. Layers on layers on layers. Mm. Yeah, I have many tips slash the thick ass sleeping bag for you nice i will need it yeah, so perfect I, please oh, don't yes. let me die <laughs> <laughs> um 
Um, yeah, so that would be interesting to, you know, uh, dip my toes into some other aspects of work um, and try those out. But yeah. Where do you want to go from here? Like after after this job, I guess, Ooh. or even even currently, <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, today I was actually looking at there's an internal posting for Environment Canada, and there is a wildlife biologist position <gasps> open. Oh. So maybe I'll dabble in that. It's up in NWT, so <gasps> we shall see. Um, but I mean, also the position I'm in right now, um, there is like a possible extension further for more work in Saskatchewan so I might go east might go north and then of course my boss from BC like when I left he at the end of my contract he was like you know I'm gonna call you in the new year <laughs> and I was like, okay thanks <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like yay so I mean Lots of north, west. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, yeah, so a couple things um, in the works, but uh, nothing, I guess, like finalized right now. It's still a little ways away. And I mean, I've always kind of had field seasons away from home. So maybe this year I'll actually stay in Edmonton or Alberta. <laughs> but yeah. we shall see. So whatever, whatever's out there and... I don't really know. <laughs> I I really like working in all these different areas, so I don't really have a preference of, you know, um, where exactly I'm working or what I'm doing, as long as it's, like, wildlife-related. Like, sign me up, take me wherever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, I don't really know for the future. Yeah. See what comes. Yeah. yeah. Go where the wind blows. Staying flexible, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, Although I don't want to part with my yellow couch, so you can't. A couch comes <laughs> with you. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll happily buy it off you if you ever need to sell it. Yeah. There you go. And then you can have it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm coming back. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, you cannot keep that couch. It's on forever. loan. Yeah. <laughs> you can lease the couch from Marissa. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think we're kind of nearing the end here, uh, Larissa synthesizing your experiences any any bits of guidance that your supervisors and friends and family have given you what would you impart to our undergrads it's a big question it's such like a loaded question i know there is a right answer so (laughs) work in small mammals (laughs) go nowhere um no (laughs) i mean if you can do it but um (laughs) no i think like the biggest takeaway is just like to get involved and to like honestly the key to everything i've done is essentially networking (laughs) um i mean it, it helps as an extrovert obviously but uh it's less intimidating as people think it is it's really opens a lot of doors almost every job I've had now has been through someone that I know or previously worked with or that like my supervisor then knew or you know had somewhere along the line had ties with these people so as we said like biology small world (laughs) Um, if you have a good name for yourself like people would rather hire someone that they know or trust or that like they're 
previous colleagues or someone that they know has hired and that'll definitely take you places to like yeah a lot of beautiful places in all these provinces and get you these like really awesome experiences and just like working with very cool wildlife in my case but um yeah I'm sure like you can Olivia can attest to like working in some beautiful landscapes as well with a lot of different rangeland positions so and like Christine like you've been up in like yeah. Nunavut like how many people can say that they've been up there like and yeah that was like through someone that you knew as well previously mm-hmm. so I think emphasizing networking is like daunting as it may seem <laughs> especially for undergrads and like I know it can be very intimidating it's like the key (laughs) just like talk to people put yourself out there like build a name for yourself and like stay connected with those people that you know that you've worked with whether they are supervisors or just like you know field partners um they can really help you further your career in different aspects so network network everywhere all the time (laughs) even on flights to terrace like just put yourself out there those flights to terrace are about to be sold out yeah (laughs) hot destination (laughs) but yeah no i think that would probably be like my biggest pointer for everything is just yeah get out there build a name for yourself talk to everyone do everything and try and see as many peaks as you possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. feel like the one thing we didn't ask you, well, there's many things we didn't ask you, but maybe one thing relative to this theme is what is your favorite bird? Mm. Hell yeah. Mm. That is a also loaded question. <laughs> um, Again, very... there's a correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I think you're pretty biased. But yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, I have, like, favorite birds depending on, like, where I am. <laughs> um, because it, I've just worked with so many, and there, there's so many beautiful and awesome birds out there, and, like, funky ones. and. Uh, if you had one bird, like, if you were on an island and you could have one bird as a friend... <laughs> What bird would it be? Oh my As god. That's your Disney princess um, companion. Yeah. Oh, uh. Oh, jeez. Um. I. <laughs> it's such a struggle. I can only choose one. Um. I think I have to go with a brown creeper. Brown creeper. Yeah. They are really friggin' cute and they're small and very cryptic mm-hmm. and their song is like so sweet um, can you like, give us an example yeah whistle it <laughs> I, no oh my god <laughs> that's too embarrassing <laughs> I don't want to be like that much of a bird <laughs> um, yeah sorry sorry no offense <laughs> watch yourself um, no I well their song like the mnemonic is like trees whispering trees and, which is like really oh, cute. Okay. It's really high pitched. I cannot get my voice that high. <laughs> and uh, luckily I hit puberty. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, essentially they're just like a cute little cryptic bird. Oh. They're in like boreal forests. And uh, yeah, they're just so small. And like you mainly just hear them rather than see them because they're yeah. 
so mysterious. But when you do see them, they're so cute and little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty adorable. I'm but... just obsessed with anything small, apparently. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I could just, like, talk for days. Oh, my gosh. It was so good. <laughs> it, was such, it was so good to see, like, the evolution of a path, I think, that can yeah. be taken within our degree. So... Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Larissa. Yeah. Any any final comments? Uh, yeah, oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. This has been like an honor to be <laughs> a part of something with ECSA again, and especially with you two, as we both have quite an extensive past together. Yes. And yeah. hopefully future. future. <laughs> <laughs> it You're ends tonight. Blocked <laughs> tomorrow no. morning. Bye forever. No, this is awesome. It's really awesome experience to be able to share some of my crazy field stories and like my wandering path through this degree and navigating the working world. Um, hopefully someone finds it. I don't know, helpful, maybe inspiring, maybe they really like brown creepers or picos now, <laughs> but um, in that case, we can be best friends. Um, best friends for love, hey. Yeah, sorry, Christine, you're out. <laughs> I'll, I'll hold interviews going. <laughs> well, they got stiff competition with you. They got to fill big shoes. So. I'm honored, but also how dare you. <laughs> Um, but no, thank you for having an awesome podcast like this. I feel so honored to be featured. <laughs> well, thank you for making it awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like you're someone that I looked up to so much in my undergrad, so I'm so happy that we can have this as like a thing that's always available to people so other people can maybe look up to you as well oh, now that you're <laughs> now that you're out of campus, not on campus anymore. So yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's been uh, a really awesome experience and very flattering that <laughs> I mean, people look up to me or whatever. But um, yeah, I know. I mean, Olivia, it's awesome to see like how far you've come as well. Like you've just really blossomed in your undergrad. So I mean, I saw you when you were just a little wee baby, <laughs> oh so, wee baby, wee baby environmentalist, and like now you're like the president of ECSA running this podcast, like. What? Christine's it's running this podcast. <laughs> oh, I just show up. I'm here for the ride. But thank you. No, you do amazing things. Oh, thank you. And both. Larissa, yeah. if it helps to humble you, I look down on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 22 years of friendship, and you're just like, yeah, you know what? You're not that you're great. You're fine. <laughs> you're just average. Yeah. <laughs> you're whatever. No, no you I... just keep me humble. Yeah. I admire you a great yeah. deal, and I'm very glad that you came on to share your experiences. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for tuning in to yet another episode, and we'll we'll see you next time. Yeah. Slash not see you next time. You'll listen to us next time. Yeah. yeah. Hear, he, speak to you next time. I don't know. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>